Welcome to the Geek Questioner Podcast, episode 0049. I'm Charlie Hoover from geekquestioner.com, and tonight with my co-host, uh, we'll be asking some fairly nerdy questions of our guest. After that, we'll be digging into your answers to my Geek Question of the Day from the past week. This podcast will cover your answers for March 24th through March 30th, 2017. Tonight's geeky co-host, as always, is Alia Khan. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, as not a guest. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, I'm just glad that our connection to Pakistan is somewhat uh, stable. So, yeah, somewhat. <laughs> if a little bit laggy, but we'll fix that. Anyway, uh, we're going to dive straight into this week's uh, interview. Uh, so uh, it's time to introduce our guest. Um, let's uh, get on with the questioning. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love how everybody always gets just a little little on edge with that. Um, all right, so let's let's start off. Um, who are you and where are you from? Um, I am, my name is Tammy Federline, and I am from a small town in Wisconsin uh, called Cashton, which I doubt anyone's heard of. Um, it's about three hours southeast of the cities of the Twin oh, Cities wow. in Minnesota. So, yeah, really small town. I had 46 people in my graduating ca class. Wow. Do people bother you with all sorts of puns regarding cash town? Oh. I think you said cash town? It's cash cash town. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I've never actually heard any, <laughs> any puns about that. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, that, that sounds like it's kind of off in the... Um... Uh, off in the middle of nowhere. But yes, yes. Is that one of those towns where everybody knows everybody else? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. That sounds like it. 46 people. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, in my uh, my graduating class, we, could, we couldn't we could even fit in um, in a two-page spread on a, the yearbook photo. Oh, my word. There was a couple hundred of us anyway. <laughs> Easy. So I had I had a, a, a roommate in college who had 600 people in her graduating class. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I know it. it's different in other places. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Wow. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we, we, we love geeks from everywhere. So uh, that does bring us to uh, what, what do you do for a living? Um, at present, I am chasing around a two-year-old. Uh, oh, I'm a stay well, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, before that, I was a project manager at a translation company, which oh. was kind of an interesting job. You learn that uh, translators are divas, pretty much. <laughs> really, that's uh, that's interesting. I never, I never would have thought that, but I, know, I can kind of see know, it. But they, they have their quirks. So yeah, we know where you're from and what you do for a living. Uh, so what are your top three geeky passions right now? Um, right now, probably crocheting. Um, Checklists. I, I'm a big fan of checklists these days. I'm trying to figure out checklists for everything. It's my attempt to get more organized. Um, as a stay-at-home mom, you don't have a whole lot of structure. So, yeah, that. And then um, I guess my early childhood family education classes, the ECFE classes that they only have in Minnesota. So mm -hmm. you can start going from when your child is like six weeks, I think. You can start going to these classes, and they've been proven to uh, to help help kids in later school years. So 
Oh, well, that's oh, a... I, I love that. And, you know, seeing that it's your passion and you're just not doing it to pass your time or it's a job. I love it when right. people, you know, put themselves out there and do it deliberately, seeing that, you know, the education system is all about money, money and work and jobs and all that. It's really nice to see you doing these things. Well, yeah, it's it's great because we can all we all have kids around the same age in our classes and we can, you know, talk about parenting challenges that we have and help each other out. So it's really great. Yeah. That... And then you're also so well balanced with your crocheting. Have you, uh, do you um, make any dolls or no? That's amigurami. But um, are there any interesting things that you make with those um, I actually, weaving skills? I did make an amigurumi uh, unicorn for my daughter while I was pregnant with her. Oh my and, God. <laughs> and let's see. <laughs> All right. Now I'm working on a shirt for her. And uh, let's see what else. I've got a scarf started for myself. I've got, oh, I, I sew as well. I've, uh, I've got a doll that I made wow. for her, a rag doll. So Dave just brought it to me. Yeah. The, uh, the audio listeners won't be able to see this, but it's a pretty impressive doll. It's, yeah, I tried to uh, match her eyes and her hair because she's a little redhead. So, nice. Yeah. That's that's a lot of talent right there. I, like. oh, I, I, <laughs> uh, I love the way we can just weave, uh, weave anything out of our imagination once we learn the art of weaving. I mean, I've been looking for the time to do it, but I can't. And wow, if you were around, I would just get classes from you. Oh. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not as big on weaving. I have woven in the past, but I'll just use YouTube tutorials. Oh yeah, just, yep. most of the things I know are just self-taught. Poor little me. That's okay. making everything about myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay, you go on, Charlie, with the next question. Yeah, so it sounds like you're really doing the um, sort of super mom thing, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Um, no, because my house is a mess. So oh, well, no, if I that's... were a super mom, then, then it would be a lot cleaner. But... Yeah, I don't know about that, but all right. Uh... Nah, I wouldn't say you should waste your time keeping the house clean. Forget about it. It's, it's, well, it's, It just makes itself dirty. Any house, so there's no point trying to keep it clean. So you're a very wise super mom who doesn't waste the time <laughs> on such silly tasks. I love you for that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh man. Well, if it's if it's too organized, then it's a little. It's almost a little scary in a way. You know, you That's gotta have true. a little clutter. Yeah. Otherwise, it's otherwise it's like nobody lives there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's how Dave grew up. So, oh, my husband. Ah, uh, I uh, I grew up with a uh, sort of a family of pack rats, so oh. <laughs> I'm on the other end of the spectrum. So I got a high tolerance. Yeah, so. me too. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of growing up, uh, what fictional villain or monster scared you as a kid? Um, honestly, the only thing I could come up with was clowns. Um, like in, in specific, the clown from it, mm. Stephen King. Pennywise uh, gets a yeah, lot of, um, yeah. I wouldn't say love, but a lot of mentions. <laughs> Attention. <laughs> yes. I, I totally get it. I used to be scared of Santa Claus, scared to death of Santa Claus. Well, that's a scary guy when, when I was you're a kid. kid. I mean, you get shoved on his lap. Yeah. And- so if I could, if I could get scared of Santa Claus, I mean, yeah, clowns is just totally understandable. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know who the hell thought it's, it's, it's a funny thing to do. I don't know, it's supposed to be funny. Who thought it was funny? I want to know the name of that person. <laughs> well, you know what? I think clowns at the circus are okay, or at rodeo, but it's the ones that are in the parades. And the ones who come to offices and stuff like that. Those are the no, yeah. those are the wrong clowns. <laughs> the the party clown. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because there there's always a bad story behind them somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, and, and it, there's always the reek of liquor on their breath. Yeah. So, it's it, it it is somewhat tangentially related to the the um uh the Santa problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes it so, is. Yeah, I can kind of see it. Sometimes it's the same person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, um, what was it that Elf said? Um, you smell like meat and cheese. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said? I, I think so. That. Something like that. It's been yeah. a while since I saw it. But, uh, You're not Santa. You smell like meat and cheese. <laughs> yeah, I I got to say that uh, clowns definitely favor pretty heavily on this one because um, they're... Yeah, there and and we've got so many Indian fictional ones that are terrifying on top of it all. So, <laughs> not doing them any good. No, they don't have a good uh, public persona. That's for sure. No, especially now. All right. So next one. Hey. Uh, so, uh, what's one of your geekiest memories? Um. Let's see. Probably. What did I come up with? There was. There was a Christmas. Okay, so I'm I'm a bit of a Robert Jordan fan. And I've got most of the books except the first one in the Wheel of Time series, first edition, first printing. Um, my uncle got me, I believe it was Winter's Heart, first edition, first printing, and signed by the author. Ooh, nice. So I actually teared up at Christmas when I got this present. And yeah, I would say that that's my geekiest memory. It's very adorable. Uh, yeah, I was. Gosh, how old was I? I was. Was I fifteen? Something like that. You know. So. It's such a sweet moment. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah. Um, well, I can totally understand that, especially for a story or an author that you you really love. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and. You know, I, I wasn't a huge, I, I kind of dropped off on the Wheel of Time. I gave it a try. I think I got through three books and then gave up. Um, but I know so many people that are huge fans of it. So, um, but I could see like getting that kind of a gift would be, you know, that. that yeah, it was big memory. at the time. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as huge a fan right now, obviously. Well, not obviously, I suppose, but um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, not as big a fan right now of the Robert Jordan books. Um Brandon Sanderson, when they brought him in to finish out the series, that that made me happy because he is one of my favorite authors right now. Nice. We do grow out of our tastes as we mature. There are a lot of writers that I don't enjoy anymore. Yeah. But I love them as a teenager. Hey, I have I still get a lot of crap for uh, for saying that I'm not a, not a fan of Orwell, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently verboten in certain circles, so... <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway uh um moving on to the next one here um what fictional characters uh do you relate to the most well we're gonna go back to the wheel of time with this one um there was a character called avienda um who was 
uh, basically an aborigine. Um, she was one of the Aiel, and she was completely competent when it came to to fighting and to being a quote-unquote wise woman and all of that stuff, but you got her into personal relationships and she had no clue what she was doing. <laughs> she was completely clueless. So I kind of relate to her as far as being technically competent, but not necessarily socially competent. <laughs> I think that's a pretty um, uh, pretty common sort of nerd slash geek trait. Yes. I, I think a lot of us... <laughs> Yes, it's it's the uh, you know you can focus on the details and, and like you know uh, like you like you were saying that you do pro do project management, like you know keeping things like lists and all that kind of stuff. But um, then you just jam people into the mix and it all goes upside down. Yeah. Goes haywire. Yeah, yeah, and and she had such uh, so many abilities, and I think she was also a healer. It's been a long time, but I think she was also a healer, among so. other things. Yeah, she was. She she was into a lot of things at the same time. Usually, uh, with the kind of in the kind of world we live in, people are usually focused on just one thing. But her, she used to branch out, just like you. I see, just branching on into education, into uh, knitting. I really like that. You don't constrict yourself to one thing. Well, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> we we definitely need more project managers in the world, especially good ones. <laughs> so, uh, uh, now, uh, this is a question that I would naturally ask you, seeing the kind of thing we've been talking about. So, who inspired or encouraged your geekiness when you were young? Um, that would be my family. Like, um, in specific, I would say my aunt Pam, who also did weaving, uh, crocheting, knitting, um, quilting beadwork and i think she even at one point made porcelain dolls so oh, wow. she really wow really porcelain did. dolls how how did she do that did she have little doll molds in yeah, her house? she did it from the greenware up she took classes and they fired the the ceramic and everything like she picked out the eyes and all the stuff oh wow. yeah it was crazy she uh she made one one time that she said looked th she thought looked exactly like me when I was a kid so I now have that you know tucked away somewhere in a box in my house. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Although those do dolls do creep me out to no no that's end. The but thing. Uh, that's the thing. I, there's a it's lot like, of craftsmanship. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Among other things, actually, uh, porcelain dolls is also one of my obsessions. Oh okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the ones I had, they're all broken. And uh, the one I've wanted most recently is the one from The Wizard of Oz. That cute little uh, doll. That That's the one I've wanted for such a long time, ever since I've watched the movie. Oh, Dorothy? Yeah, 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 Dorothy. She is yeah. the cutest doll I've ever set my eyes upon. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. Um, so it, it sounds like you had a, a very crafty... Family. Uh, yeah. yeah, my mom yeah. was actually from Kansas, funny enough that you mentioned Wizard of Oz. So, um, <laughs> yeah, my mom helped me out with crocheting. She taught me how to, how to make a slip knot and then gave me books. So I taught myself how to crochet when I was five. Oh, cool. Wow. Um, That's pretty young. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have. <laughs> I think I was just in my Legos at that point. So. <laughs> Well, you know, you grow up in a really small town. There's not a whole lot to do. So very good yeah. point. 
Yep. You learn to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, especially before the interwebs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Well, that, that sounds like a, a, a lot of encouragement, which is something I love to hear. Um, but uh, so what uh, what fictional character would you trade places with for a day? I thought about this one. This was a hard one. Um, and I think it's one I've read recently. Um, uh, her name is Elise Cavanaugh. And she's from S.M. Reen's Descent and Ascension series. She's a, a demon hunter, basically. Oh, nice. all she does is she gets to fight every day. Her only job is to stay in shape and deadly basically and she gets to save the world every few months so you know why wouldn't wow. i want to be that <laughs> that's pretty badass i love that yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if wow. you haven't read those books by the way i would highly recommend them all right i'll, I'll add them yeah to the please uh note it down i will just add it to my ever-increasing uh library <laughs> <laughs> But I'll definitely read it. That's something I would love to read. It's, that's my kind of book. So, All right. Hey. Uh, I'll surely read Nothing it. Nothing wrong with Demon Hunters. I, you know. <laughs> so what fictional location would you retire to if you could? Um, I would probably say Hogsmeade. I would say Hogsward, but um, I don't want to be a student or a teacher. So hanging out in the nearest place to it, I guess. Hogwarts. Hogmead. Yeah, so. Hogsmead, right? Hogsmead, yes. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I used to read it as Hogsmead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good place. You can go to school functions and, you know, you have all the magic going on still and you get to be an adult. Yeah, and it's, um, it's a relatively safe spot. I mean... Uh, it wasn't nuked like Diagon Alley, so that's right. Uh, <laughs> Got to stay really close. Yeah, to Yeah, and it's not as serious as the Ministry of Magic. That's just too serious. Oh yes, it's just yeah. the best, the middle ground. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, it seemed like a nice little village, and yeah, there's always something going on at the the, the castle, or you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the antics of the kids might get a little old after a while, but. Uh, yeah. It looks like they've got uh, some 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 decent little shops and places to hang out and yes. yeah, can... some coffee shops. Yeah, some wizard coffee. <laughs> Not sure what that would be, yeah. but some butter beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's not the butter beer that they serve at Universal, because that stuff is just pure sugar. I don't. I don't. I've never tried it. Is that what <laughs> they made it up to be? Yeah, I, I went to um, I went to the Wizarding World when it. Not right when it first opened, but pretty close, and it was jammed with people. First of all, but the um, but yeah, they had like butterbeer in there, and it was it was it was the the sweetest thing I've ever tried to drink. Was it like syrup or sugar syrup? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, actually, um, there is a um, there there is a Hogwarts themed cafe here in Islamabad, really? and the butterbeer they serve there is actually really good. It's like ginger ale. Oh, oh. Oh, well, that sounds good. That gives me a reason to go to Islamabad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never would have thought that the Harry Potter themed cafe would be the reason. That's awesome. <laughs> to go to Islamabad. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's funny. That's funny. What's the name of it? Uh, 
I forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's there, and uh, I even covered it for the in the newspaper thingy that we run online. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Well, you'll after the podcast, you'll have to send me a link. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to say, Charlie, I am jealous that you've been to the Wizarding World. It was pretty awesome. Was um, it pretty awesome? Okay. Uh, although I would like to go back there now that it's probably not as jammed. When I was there, there was a uh, uh, an hour long line just to get into the shops, let alone the rides. Oh my word! And they made it way smaller than they should have. Um, so, for example, the um, the the joke shop—I um, forget the name of it. Oh crap! I'll oh. remember it right after I finish recording. But the um, the candy store and the joke shop were are in one building. Oh, okay. And it's all one space, and people were jammed in there like sardines. Oh, yeah, so, that's not fun. Yeah, it it, it was awesome. But it was crowded, so. I'm sure that they didn't even serve. Uh, I'm sure they don't serve Felix solution like they do here. Oh. We had Felix Felices over here and some other good things. They had a lot there. I don't even remember everything. It was it's kind of a blur. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And I the only thing I wished was that it was bigger. When I was there, I'm like, oh, they should have just. And it was funny because like everything else had drained out from the park, so. Like you could get on every other ride or whatever without any lines. <laughs> oh, Everything was jammed there. So, you know, if you weren't there for Harry Potter, it was golden. So nice. Well, it would have been nice if you were there for Harry Potter. So, oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. So, well, uh, congratulations. You have survived the questioning. Hooray! Hooray! And uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, well, I don't really have any pages. Oh. So, yeah, you can find me on Goodreads, probably. I don't even remember what my username is. <laughs> it's okay. We'll track it down for the show. Okay. <laughs> if that's all you got, that's what I'll use. <laughs> that's pretty much what I got. Yeah. Or, or Pinterest. Oh, yeah, we can do that, too. That's fine. Uh, um, TFED at Twitter. I don't oh. tweet, but I'm on twitter so it's okay i've I, I've, I've only recently started really tweeting so yeah. <laughs> uh it's all good it's all right um anyway uh, th thanks so much for, for 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 being on for this part thanks for having me awesome and uh next week's guest is jennifer linsky we really can't wait to geek out with her uh, uh we're gonna have um uh i think she was coming on with annette so Anyway, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Google Play or pretty much any place podcasts are found. This episode, the questions, the Geekscapes, and all of the archives are accessible through geekquestioner.com. Uh, please share and uh, tell other geeky friends about us. Um, if you like what we're doing, uh, please consider uh, jumping on our Patreon at geekquestioner.com forward slash Patreon. So thanks for listening. In a world where magic, technology, and nature have merged, the few who can control runes hold dominance over all of creation. All believe that Alexei, a 16-year-old orphan, was blessed to be born with a rune embedded in his palm. But that's only because they don't know the truth. Alexei's rune is so powerful, it's killing him. Asura, a brutal emperor who uses runes to conquer entire continents, will stop at nothing to kill Alexei and claim the boy's power for his own. 
with Alexei's rune burning its way through his body and assassins hunting his every step, his survival depends on discerning ally from enemy and learning to tame the competing forces of light and dark within. I was thrilled to hear that Rune of the Apprentice was selected for Geek Questioner's book club. Please join in on the adventure as Geek Questioner hosts a live Google Hangout discussion and Q&A session with not only the Geek Questioner community, but also me, Jameson Stone, the author of Rune of the Apprentice. Head on over to the Goodreads Geek Questioner Reading Room group to learn more. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Geek Question Week in Review. This is when we sift through the answers that you've given on my questions in the past week and give shout-outs to particularly geeky, insightful, or entertaining answers. To follow along with this part of the show, click the links in the show notes or visit geekquestioner.com. We love having new voices in our community, so if you discover that you can't comment on the questions, uh, if you'd like to be a guest or have any kind of feedback or question ideas, email me at feedback at geekquestioner.com. With that out of the way, let's dive into the questions from this week. Uh, We're going to start off with Friday, March 24th, where I asked, if you suddenly found yourself in the last scene you read, where would you be and how do your chances of survival seem? We had 30 responses with Dave DeBerrimaker having a plus five for Ankh-Morpork. Luggage is nearby, so chances of survival is good. That's very true. Uh, Ryan Toxopius had a plus four for I just finished reading a section in Damien Trasler's second book on cosplay disasters. It was about uh, cutting away excess bits and using paper mache to cover the bad spots in a Doctor Who Cyberman helmet. Uh, handles, if that means anything to anyone. So odds of survival are spectacular for a change. <laughs> and uh, Deanna Baker had uh, a plus four for uh, In the Calderon Valley of Aldera at Bernhardt Hold. Survival chances are excellent, with uh, honors being presented by the king at the end of the book. And um, I know exactly what story she's in. and <laughs> I, I do, <laughs> too. Like, and that's actually a really good spot to be. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what do you guys think of some of these? And uh, what where would you be if, uh, if we jumped into a, where you're reading? Well, in the meantime, I'm just... With- I'm just with Jack the Ripper. I'm just this new book came out. I think I talked about it uh, last week. I think so. I'm with him, and I think I can convince him not to kill me <laughs> <laughs> because I believe I can be eloquent sometimes. Sometimes, okay, that's where I am. You're you're safe <laughs> with Jack the Ripper. Okay, <laughs> that's a unique thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that sentence has ever been said, but okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I, I love the answers on this because, um, uh, a lot of times people don't even mention what story they're reading. So you just get these scenes from random places in the universe and, uh, it's, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Like Roy Humbre, he's in the house in the suburbs, but there was a meeting between the heads of two gang just in the house, but he thinks he's safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be positive like me. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Wendy Cahoon says, someone is gaslighting me in quaint dead-end street. I am terrified and I think I'm crazy, but I don't want to die, so I'm going to fight. That doesn't sound too good. Oh, Paul Duggan, there is a cyclone on the way, but then in the end he says, oh, wait, you wanted it from the book. (laughs) (laughs) Where is he? There was a cyclone, um, I think, on the news, maybe, he's in that area. Um, Yeah, they're actually... Oh, uh, just in case any were concerned... We didn't get the edge. Okay, fine. He just answered my questions <laughs> of concern. 
Yeah, well, everybody chimes in when you say that there's a you know killer storm heading towards you. Yeah. Oh, Louis Duggett uh, did a really good description. I wonder what book this is from. I like it. Yeah, it's a pretty long one. Just don't just ignore the part where he says that his fiance was stabbed by a spear made of a holly branch. I'm not into that at all, but I think I love the book. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jennifer Linsky, who's going to be on next week, uh, says, I'm currently reading a nonfiction futurism book about sex robots, so I guess I'm doomed to die of blissful exhaustion. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh. Nice. Lots of kind of different books that come up. Yeah, I do love trying to guess sometimes. Let's see. D.B. Fuller, I've just watched Vulcan put Prometheus in shackles. I'm not sure eternal life is a good thing under those conditions. <laughs> no, at least not for Prometheus. Uh, let's see. Louis Doggett is uh, in uh, Venice of an alternate earth ruled by Faye. Yeah. Anyway, uh, great little collection of answers, guys. Um, I, I love your, your, your travels throughout the universe. So... Um, anyway, we're going to move on to uh, Saturday, March 25th, where I asked, um, what are your favorite themed episodes and storylines from fiction and what makes them stand out for you? Uh, this one actually go, there's a bit of a shout out for, for George Station, who uh, sort of inspired this one um, and who actually got the, uh, the, the highest plus comment. So uh, he had a plus 11 for I will stick with what set this off the musical episode of a non-musical series ironically i missed the recent supergirl flash crossover but at least as far back as moonlighting i've been into those uh jalen phoenix had a plus 10 for i like a good fourth wall breaking themed episode and i'm not sure it's ever been done better than the supernatural episode where they transported to our reality uh and they were the actors who played them what the hell's a pedal uh padalecki uh, and which was actually a pretty entertaining episode. Uh, Wendy Cahoon had a plus seven for off the top of my head, supernatural librarians and DC legends of tomorrow did groundhog day episodes where characters live the same day over and over again. I get a kick out of the days off that are often done. Uh, what would you do if your day was going to reset no matter what you did, which by the way, is probably going to be a question coming up. Um, personally, I, I would, Probably say one of my favorite versions of that Groundhog Day thing was actually on um, uh, Stargate. On Stargate, um, they they got trapped in a time loop, and after a while, they just kind of lose their minds and start doing ridiculous things. <laughs> you know, they're like golfing, like they're like hitting golf balls into the Stargate, or uh, just all kinds of crazy things. So. Sounds like it could be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think of these answers, and what what's yours? Um, I think my favorite would probably be the. Uh the Buffy the Vampire Slayers, um, the demon that made them all all uh, live like they were in a musical. Yep. yep. High yep. five! Yes. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the best episodes for sure. Uh, yeah, I was highly entertained by that. Uh, there, there's, It's actually been a trend for recently. Uh, I saw it on, um, oh, what was, um, oh man, I, I'm, I'm, oh, The Magicians, The Magicians. They didn't have an entire themed episode, but there was one particular scene where they were um, they were all getting together to go to war, and one of them cast a spell that made the whole thing into this. Um, oh, uh, oh man, what's the? No, uh, Les Mis. It was like a Les Mis song, and 
they they went through this big huge production and it was uh it it was it was unexpected because they as far as I know nobody really like they didn't advertise it as far as I know like it just you're, you're just they're just like a regular episode of this sort of drama thing and then suddenly it's a musical <laughs> complete with like dance numbers and everything it was pretty entertaining so that's hilarious I usually like the Christmas themes uh, themed episodes of all the shows I love I. If I love the show, I'll definitely love the themed episodes. Uh, there were a few on Castle that I really loved, and um, someone mentioned one in Supernatural. I stopped watching it. I think I mentioned that because they just don't die. Well, no, they've they've died lots of times. <laughs> I mean, they don't really die. No, that's so it's a... not a threat anymore. Even yeah. if they have the most uh, death-defying situation and. So risky. It's not. It's not. Um. It's not scary. They're just gonna come back to life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When when you're when you're on first name basis with uh with reapers, yeah. It's pretty much. It's like oh no, they're gonna kill them. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Helen Reed dropped in Star Trek uh, piece of the action, the uh, gangster episode. That one was particularly fun. Let's see Matumala Samurai World. Yeah, once more with feeling definitely got a lot of love. Matt Brown mentioned it, and uh, I think quite a few other people did. Um, but yeah, themed episodes can be you know they, you know there's there's the Halloween episodes, the Christmas episodes, the um, vacation episodes, Groundhog Day, that kind of thing. Let's see, Brady Bunch. Oh my, oh dear. <laughs> Brady Bunch seemed like a theme itself every time. I don't know how I can add a team into a team. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's <laughs> a good point. Let's see. Oh yeah, actually Jen Jen Kirkland mentioned the uh Stargate thing. Anyway, so some of the some of the best episodes are those theme episodes. Um especially since they just sort of take a break from whatever drama is going on generally and they and arguably some of the worst episodes have also been themed episodes. <laughs> so it's true. I, they, they kind of run the range. They sometimes they go a little too far with it. But, oh man, uh, we are going to move on though to the Monday question, which was our word swap question as always. Uh, this was March twenty seventh, where I asked if you added or replaced the word "fool" into the title of a story, what would the resulting title and plot become? We had. Uh, 91 responses with Marcus Christopher having a plus nine for fool in a shell an idiot gets trapped in a giant clam. Uh, Paul Duggan had a plus eight for the fool with the dragon tattoo. Someone gets a facial tattoo of a dragon and it limits his limits their chances to get a good job. <laughs> and Jamie, uh, Jamie Mueller had a plus eight for uh, a list that included it's a fool, 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 fool world. Yeah, same plot. The Foolander, there can be only one Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, S- Starfool Spaceballs, by another name. Uh, Fool, a really scary xenomorph, shows up in a jester costume, making everyone laugh before it eats them. Uh, Get Fool, pretty much the same story as in Get Smart. Uh, a little shout out to some of the list makers. We had Helen Reed, Paul Duggan, Ron Chait, Louis Doggett, and Jalen Phoenix, particularly... Uh, um, oh, and uh, Ashley Dunn uh, all had several answers apiece. So anyway, uh, what, what do you guys think of some of these? I like this one uh, by Tonya Hall, A Clockwork Fool, uh, The Fool of the Rings, um, Beauty and the Fool. You can imagine yourselves in these titles. 
And yeah, it's not hard. I usually see myself as a fool, so. <laughs> Although uh, with the upcoming April Fool's Day, I have sent a message to all my contacts telling them that I'm going to kill them if they try to make a, an April Fool out of me. <laughs> I don't know if they take it seriously or not, but I'm half serious. <laughs> Only half. What, what, what about you, Tammy? Any of these jumping um, I'm, I'm not seeing anything that stands out to me. I would, myself, I would probably go to the eye of the world and call it the fool of the world. And uh, our president goes on a pilgrimage. <laughs> oh. The plot that I would. <laughs> that's uh, that's very, uh, very close. <laughs> yeah, I kind of. Yeah, let's see. Andrew Kaufman with the uh, the old man and the fool, the classic Hemingway, the classic Hemingway tale of "Get Off My Lawn." <laughs> oh man, uh, Ron Chait, of course, went. He even had um, you know music like uh, uh, the Spider Fool movie. song, etc. Guy Geens with uh, the Fool's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, Fools of the Caribbean, uh, the Fools <laughs> and the Furious. <laughs> nice, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably pretty close to that. To the an original. Yeah, Fools yeah, yeah. and Prejudice. I like that. Romeo and Juliet. Tragedy ensues when teenage Romeo falls for it when his girlfriend decides to play a hilarious prank and pretends to kill herself. I love this one by Helen Reeve. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually rewrote Romeo and Juliet once uh, with the same storyline. That's why this jumped out at me. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, uh, in my version, I think uh, Juliet hadn't actually died because she wanted to. Yeah, so yeah, it was something along those lines. Oh, she she came back to life and she saw that Romeo was actually a jerk. She wanted her to die and all that. I was in a bitter, bitter mood at that time. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing around with all the classics. So so bad, so terrible of me. The full Monty, the magic full bus, high full musical. Somehow all of these just make sense. I don't know why. They just make sense. Yeah. The Fool at the End of the Universe. I'm liking Helen Reed's answers this time. Yeah, she's got a lot of good ones. Um, I like this other one by Ashley Dunn. Uh, the Guardians of the Fools. The Untold Stories of the Secret Service. <laughs> <laughs> the Fool Who Fell to Earth. I mean, this is so... It's just... Yeah, it's an, it makes sense. The fool who fell to earth. <laughs> the fool with one red shoe. Dead fool again. The same. This is one. This one's by Paul Duggan. Dead fool. Same film, but Wade is undead. Big fool <laughs> in little China. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, you guys are so insanely creative. I uh, like Tasha Schmidt, Harry Potter, and the Half Blood Fool. Um, <laughs> and what I love about that, she says the uh, audiobook is narrated by Mister T. <laughs> I pity the half-blood fool. <laughs> oh, man. Ron Chait, E.T., the extraterrestrial fool. E.T. forgot phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul Duggan with uh, The Fool's Guide to the Galaxy, one of those four dummies rip-offs you sometimes see for astronomy. <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, wonderful answers, guys. Um, just absolutely wonderful. Uh, but we are going to move on uh, to Tuesday, March 28th, 
where I asked um, what ended up being sort of a almost a tangential question to the to the one uh, from earlier in the week. What fictional universe would have the funniest slash most entertaining uh, musical and why? And we had 40 responses with with Paul Duggan having a plus 14 for, I'm sure I've said this before, but there's a point in the original Ghostbusters where I think that Bill Murray's about to break into song, which has always made me want there to be a Ghostbusters the musical. <laughs> Ashley Dunn had a plus, ten, uh, plus 12 for Arrow because it would be hilarious to see Oliver Queen and, and his bunch of all the time serious vigilantes dancing and singing and fighting to a time yeah. rhythm or shooting arrows to the beat of the song. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, me too. And uh, Jennifer Bone had a plus 11 for uh, thanks to that picture, uh, referring to the one I used for the uh, for the question. Uh, all I can think of is a uh, Pacific Rim Jaeger versus Kaiju rap battle. Um, although I would also love to see a musical version of Predator done in the style of Phantom of the Opera. Okay, that would be fun. <laughs> I can I can totally see. Oh. And if one of us is crazy enough, we could actually do one of those video edits. Someone recently... Uh, uh, made a whole film out of the Breaking Bad, joining so many different episodes, all of the episodes. And it, I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, people on YouTube have an infinite amount of time to make those things. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Ring Roche's answer uh, about the Adams family. Tell me you don't want to hear Wednesday sing some sweet psychotic ballad with Lurch doing backup and think keeping the beat. George would likely <laughs> write a number for Morticia. Yeah. I agree. Oh, damn. Apparently it happened. That's what Migros wrote. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where um, um, most shows at some point, if they're on long enough, will have a musical episode of some kind. So this is more the ones that haven't had, and not even shows, but just universes in general. Like uh, Carrie Canop said, uh, Farscape, it would be otherworldly, hilarious, visually stunning, along with the puppetry and body paint. Uh, black lights. The score would be a real trip through the wormhole. Um, I think Harvey would need to be the narrator. Well, hello, John. I can totally picture that. Uh, Jen Kirkland actually has an entire um, very long answer of a reality yeah. show that is the U.S. government. I like well, anyone who's Galaxy a fan Class. of this story, they're going to love this. What was that? Um, I was just saying I really like Helen Reed's suggestion for Galaxy Quest. <laughs> um, she says i mean come on it's already funny entertaining add songs and it's a win-win exactly why not yeah um uh noel ems says uh, i'd love to see a firefly musical i agree Ooh, yes just the captain tight pants song <laughs> <laughs> a few days i lost in a bet and i had to turn my entire day into a musical I fully embraced it. <laughs> it was fun and tiring, but I kept up with my word and turned my day into a musical. I, I sang about everything and pretended I was some silly Disney princess. <laughs> hey, whatever really whatever gets you through the week. Character. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't lost a bet. <laughs> I hate the dice. I hate the dice. I told you, Charlie, I hate the I dice. I know, I know. It made me into some fool. Um, uh, Angie Creasy Thompson says, uh, Star Wars is an old-time vaudevillian-style musical. 
Um, uh, Mark Fleur, he says, uh, Game of Thrones? I am not a fan of Game of Thrones, but I know what it's about, and a musical would be pretty good. Yeah, Marcus suggested that. I think uh, I think a few people chimed in with uh, with Game of Thrones. Um, trying to think what would be I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I don't think even it's fifty years. I don't think uh, I don't think Doctor Who has had a musical episode, have they? I don't. It think seems they like have. something they should have done, but I don't think they have. No, I'm almost terrified to see what that would look like. <laughs> but of all the shows out there, that would definitely be one where they would come up with some excuse to do it. Yes, you would think. Oh, man. Okay, now I have that stuck in my head. Oh, Helen Reed, of course. Uh, uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan as an <laughs> opera. Yes. I could t- totally see. <laughs> Khan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That would actually work really well, I think. Uh, Julia Thompson, The Empire Strikes Back, would be good as an opera, maybe not quite as good as a musical. Another for, for Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of people want to see that. Yeah. I mean, you could you could go completely off the rails and say uh, something like Logan as some sort of tragic opera. <laughs> <laughs> I could kind of almost see that, having seen that movie. Batman! Um, Batman should have it. Oh, uh, well... I almost argue that the Batman Lego movie might be that. I <laughs> know. It just looks good in my fantasy, not in reality. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the, the, this thread, as always, is really hard to describe or, or, or squeeze into a podcast. So if you get a few minutes, I highly recommend clicking the link in the show notes because, um, yeah, there's no way to do it justice. So, And thanks, everybody, for, for all these answers. We're going to move on to Wednesday, March 29th, where I asked, uh, what would be your travel review of the hastily booked Airbnb you stayed on at the Klingon asteroid known as Rurapente? And that was actually sponsored by uh, Julia Piat. She actually recommended this like weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and I totally forgot. So I figured I'd finally ask it. We had 19 responses with uh, Paul Duggan having a plus six four. I was really looking forward to visiting this place. Unfortunately, Penal Colony doesn't mean what I thought it did. Uh, six and a half stars. Uh, Lawrence Hultz had a plus five for this place is colder than Celtic hell. Uh, they tell you to come for the skiing as the lower gravity makes for crazy steep uh, black diamond runs on the southern continent. But what those lump lumpy headed bastards failed to mention is that you'll be wearing enough thermal uh, weather gear to double your weight anyway. Fresh brewed Klingon coffee racked to Gino with a splash of chocolate makes up for it somewhat. Uh, That stuff has enough caffeine to get an elephant buzzed. Uh, And the Orion ski bunnies are certainly pleasant to look at. And then he goes on for a little bit and says, uh, I give it three and a half out of five forehead ridges. Um, (laughs) Then Dan Thompson at plus five for warning. Rurapente is directly below Risa on the Alpha Quadrant spaceport drop down list. Double check your your tickets carefully. Because, yeah, you do not want to screw those up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. So I, I, I love that. So anyway, what do you guys think of some of these? And um, I'm not going to ask you to come up with a travel review on the spot. But yeah, what do you think of these? I like Paul Duggan's um, one of his, which is <laughs> I stayed on an asteroid. Get it? Asteroid. Because that's, that's my kind of humor. 
<laughs> like a 12 year old yeah, exactly absolutely <laughs> that's the other thing that popped out to me and i was just waiting to uh speak that out after you uh talked about yours but apparently uh both of us had our eyes on the same answer <laughs> yes oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, lee Roche has a really good description of the purple sky and everything and there are other comments which are very um, original, like Andy Greasy Thompson, can't type, too cold, help, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, you, when you guys get in the character, you get in the character. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Paul Duggan also with great workout vacation, lost 40 pounds and my abs look great. Five stars. <laughs> um, oh, misplaced with five stars. Uh, a bit chilly, but if you like mining dilithium, it can be quite fun. I am not writing this review under any duress. My captors, or hosts, are as nice <laughs> as you can expect from Klingon slave drivers. They are especially not making me write this because miners have been dropping like flies from unsafe conditions, lack of <laughs> medical care, lack of food, or just being uh, beaten half to death because of the guards are bored. Uh, oh, Kanadi says the accommodations are a bit rustic, but the winter sports are fantastic. The gym is uh, unique as well. But um, anyway, I, I I love these answers, and uh, it's always a sort of a shorter set of answers, but they're all gold. I love it. Well, we're going to move on to the last question from the week, which was Thursday, March thirtieth, and uh, I've asked this one before, but I like to drop it in every once in a while. I asked. Uh, Matrix style, if uh, you could instantly become an expert in any one skill or field, what would it be and why? We had 48 responses with um, Misplaced having a plus 15 for uh, talking to normal people. It's something I've always struggled with. And uh, she actually goes into a very long answer as to why. And, um, you know, I, th I think a lot of people in this community can commiserate with that one. And uh, Ryan Toxopius had a plus 12 for rocket science so i could be in the leading edge of helping to create a way off of this rock and uh eve pickles sullivan had a plus 11 for psychology slash psychotherapy i think being able to help people with mental illness would be useful in any situation and i think it might cover the social interaction select effective communication thing a few others have posted about i am so socially awkward uh well you're not alone eve that's uh that's a common geek trait so Welcome aboard. <laughs> so anyway, what would you guys become instant experts with if you could? And uh, what do you think of these? I would say um, writing, becoming a writer again, because I used to have skills in that se that sector. But uh, at this point, my skills have gotten a little rusty. So fair enough. Yeah, that, that one's a good one. Um, Thing for me. Oh, I know. I actually, yeah. The first thing that just leaps to my mind. I'm sure there's there's probably dozens of them. But if I had to pick one, it would probably be actually becoming a real expert uh, at electronics, um, because I feel like I would build all kinds of crazy things if I actually really. I mean, I've got I've got a little bit of it, but not expert for sure. So, what about you, Alia? Well, um, I feel that. I could really do anything I put my mind to, so I'm going to talk about if it's instant, I want to play the violin, and I want to be the best at it, and I don't know the first thing about it, that's the thing. I'm, I'm okay at language, writing, science, everything, but 
that's one thing that I would like to learn without all those years of practice and um, I don't even have the time for all those extra things, but I would really love to play the violin. I, actually, yeah, I, I, I would probably, a uh, similar thing, but uh, be the piano, actually. But doing musical instruments, because you figure that's hundreds of hours of practice. Mm. Uh, just getting it all in, like, uploaded all at once or downloaded all at once. <sighs> wow, Harold's gesture, languages, so I could communicate with anyone and read anything. Some people really think oh, about their one. answers and, you know, it's it's like a quick answer. You get so many other benefits rather than just one because you, you just ask us to mention one, so they just cheat. And oh. it's good cheating. It's very cheating. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's really cheating. Um, <laughs> no one's saying they'll get each one of those, but... Uh, um, oh, yeah, actually, Clinton Hammond said he'd st- uh, wish he'd stuck with the flute, so that'd be a... He'd go with flautist, so there you go. Could uh, start the Geek Questioner uh, Orchestra. Let's see. Oh, Richard Orth says uh, finance so that he could help uh, Ryan Texopius with his efforts to get off this rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, a lot of people here are, they want to uh, get into arts, like Milika Green at Monster Brown. Uh, she's into drawing. I mean, she wants to learn drawing. Uh, Jamie Mueller has a flight, um, as in being a pilot. Man, I would. That would be, that's another oh, one yeah. that, that would be really tempting. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. Wow, social engineering, that's Andrew Kaufman. Which is backed up by uh, several people who mentioned, like Stephen Nicholas, who said social interaction, <laughs> which is a, a pretty common thread through here. Unsurprising, because most of us are geeks and uh, not all, I mean, um, I'm fairly, uh, what do you call it, uh, social, but uh, not, most of us are not, so... Effectively communicating with women. That's Lee Roche. <laughs> oh, somebody else said that so too. Much uh, oh. So much fuss about women being uh, ununderstandable and whatnot. Yeah, I, I don't really buy that one. Each one of us is a brain in a meat suit, and each one of us is <laughs> a separate puzzle to figure out. So, Let's see. Oh, Nicholas de Winter says space-time mechanics because TARDIS. I might go a little outside the scope, but <laughs> anyway, I, th- I have a feeling at some point, probably it's probably going to be 50 or 100 years from now, but some point we'll be able to do that. Just, you know, oh, what do I want to know? Boop. <laughs> when we're all AIs. Well, with that lovely thought, um, anyway, uh, that about wraps up this week's questions. Uh, thanks so much for being on, Tammy. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, and uh, you were wonderful. So thank you. I. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Glad I could help. Hey, yeah, definitely. Uh, Alia, thanks again for co-hosting, despite uh, once again having, uh, you know, connection issues. Oh, that's fine. The power is back, despite the thunderstorm. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Um, anyway, uh, you can find Alia and myself over on G+. Uh, I'm at Twitter, at Charlie Hoover, at GeekQuestor, and at Geekscapes, depending on what you want to follow. Uh, remember that if you want to join in, visit geekquestor.com. Uh, if you discover you can't comment on the questions, you'd like to be a guest, have any kind of feedback or question ideas, just email me at feedback at geekquestor.com and I'll hook you up. Finally, on behalf of Tammy, Alia, and myself, just want to say uh, thank you, as always, for listening and um, stay geeky. Stay geeky.